0: Prime Minister Trudeau dismissed out-of-hand calls from former parliamentarians today and diplomats to release Huawei executive Meng Wanzhou and unilaterally end her extradition process. Uh, Trudeau said such a move would embolden China to detain other Canadians to further its political goals. Uh, you know, a group of 19 high-profile Canadians uh, penned a letter to Trudeau this week saying Justice Minister David Lametti should intervene to free, Um, They say the release would give Canada the chance to redefine a strategic approach to China. And the Prime Minister says while he respects the Canadians who put forward that letter, he wholeheartedly disagrees with them. The idea of solving a short-term situation... Uh, by creating a precedent that demonstrates to China that all they or another country has to do is randomly arrest a handful of Canadians to put political pressure on a government to do what we want, even by going against the independence of our justice system, would endanger the millions of Canadians who live and travel overseas every single year. We cannot allow political pressures or random arrests of Canadian citizens to influence the functioning of our justice system. So I respect these individuals, but they're wrong in their approach. Uh, Michael Spavor and Michael Kovrig um, were detained in China shortly after Meng Wanzhou was detained in Vancouver in 2018. And he went on and he was definitive today, actually using a much stronger language today than he did earlier this week, that Canada would not bow to Beijing to secure the freedom of these two men. Now, following all of this very, very closely is Karen Patterson of Calgary. For nearly a year, she worked nonstop to free her husband from a Chinese jail now 10 years later she's written a book about the ordeal it's titled taking on China how I freed my husband from a Chinese jail she had the support of her now ex-husband to write it she is saying it's time for the Prime Minister to be more forceful and um, as I mentioned uh, the two Michaels have been detained by China now for more than 500 days Karen joins us this afternoon Karen Patterson welcome to 630 Chad oh hello Hi. Th- thank you so much. So this must bring back all sorts of memories for you. You've gone through what these families are going through. Can you even begin to describe it?
1: Absolutely. I totally feel for the um, Kovrig and Spaver families. I know what that's like. However, our situations were a little bit a little bit different because theirs is tied mm-hmm. to this sort of. Um, other person involved which is the Meng Wenzhou of the Huawei and so it's it's a very um, rock and a hard place definitely for everybody involved however I I totally understand the you know you don't know what's happening day by day you have no contact with your loved one Um, it's hard to get answers from the Chinese side and then you're trying to assemble a team of people who have skills and um, knowledge to really help you. And um, you know, it's it's really trying on the person and it's very trying on the family. Um especially that the Chinese government doesn't um adhere to um Geneva Convention and letting people yes. let, letting the detained person having access to a lawyer, things like that. Yep. It's so the can so
0: so karen when your husband was in jail and we'll get to how that happened and and the background on that coming up but when he was in jail um those years ago that whole time did you get any information about him or did you ever were you able to ever hear from him like how how did you know where he was
1: so it took me about two days to find out where he was and then it took me about three or five three to five months to find out why he had been detained. And I got the why through the help from um, high official, um, high level talks between the Canadian government, ministers of foreign affairs and the Chinese minister of foreign affairs. And so, um, no, I didn't have any access to him. Um, I only had one lawyer visit per month and those were maybe 20 minutes long and so it wasn't me going in it was the lawyer going in um to talk about various things and so no phone calls uh no nothing i saw him the next time i saw him was in court and i wasn't allowed to speak to him
0: wow Karen Patterson joining us this afternoon, uh, Calgarian and the author of *Taking on China: How I Freed My Husband from a Chinese Jail*. Karen, what happened in the case of your husband? How was it that uh, he ended up uh, in jail? What were the circumstances around that? Were the both of you living in China at the time? Yep, he's a Chinese citizen, and
1: I had been living in China for 13 years, and. he, he's a part of an art community in Beijing, and him and some other artists decided to rent, um, sign leases on, um, like, warehouse art studio spaces. Mm-hmm. And then about a year later, the Chinese government reneged and, and gave them eviction notices. And so they were about to lose all of their money, and so... Uh, makes a long story, and that's why I wrote the book. But a long story <laughs> short is, they no one was listening to them, and they weren't getting where they needed to go with getting the compensation. And so they marched on Chang'an Avenue, and Chang'an Avenue hadn't been marched on or demonstrated on since 1989, around the Tiananmen Square time. Yes. And so he caused a lot of. He, they got what they needed, which was the compensation, but the Chinese government and the authorities involved lost face, and so they. They let him go for about three months, and then he happened to be at a a local police station helping a friend with a very unrelated matter. And they found, they realized who he was, and they beat him, and they threw him away for close to a year. And so he just disappeared, and I didn't know where he was. And so through, you know, Um, talking to some of his friends and driving around the part of the city close to where he lived and going to different police stations and inquiring, like, do you have this man here? Then I finally found out where he was. Um, And so he was basically a retaliation um, for him making the government lose face, and then he did w- they did win the compensation. So a way of sort of um, repaying him, so to speak, was to throw him in jail for a year, close to a year. yeah.
0: did he did he ever speak to you about the treatment he received in jail, what those days behind bars in a Chinese jail were like?
1: Yeah. I mean, he was in a room with twenty five other guys, not a very big space. Um, you know, I had to give him money, uh, give him money once a week for him to buy sort of food that was better than just the slop that was fed there. Plus, um, Not a lot of exercise, he gained quite a bit of weight and looked quite pale when he was released a year later. So there wasn't like, um, you know, TV and exercise equipment and they were forced for five to six hours a day to sit on backless benches in rows and they weren't allowed to speak to each other and they weren't allowed to, you know, communicate or do anything. So they couldn't read books, they couldn't, you know, sort of hang out so to speak no yard to walk around or if they weren't on the bench they were being interrogated so not not tort not tortured but they were being interrogated and being forced to make a confession for something that he didn't do so that was part of it as well
0: so our guest this half uh, this half hour is karen patterson from calgary her uh Chinese uh, now ex-husband was arrested after a peaceful protest, beaten in prison, spent nearly a year in jail while she rallied support from the Canadian government, from human rights groups to get him freed. Karen, how difficult was it to to get that uh, to get that help, to rally that support, to push for the release of your husband?
1: Great. So it took me a while to figure out what I needed to do, because as you can imagine, there isn't a brochure or and it's not part of the travel guide <laughs> no. when you go to a country. And so it was with the help of um, another Chinese um, sort of dissident activist artist named Ai Weiwei, who really helped me connect with the foreign media, which was key. The Chinese media, of course, wouldn't touch it because it's um, it would have gone against their censorship Policies or whatever. And so it was all foreign media like the, um, you know, BBC, New York yeah. Times, all that Washington Street Post, Globe and Mail, CBC. And so also with the um, a friend of my family's had started a letter writing campaign and uh, we sent those out and people would write letters and send them to Stephen Harper government, and he would redirect them to the ambassador in Beijing at the time representing Canada, which was David Mulroney, and then he Mm -hmm. uh, got in touch with me and helped me... Uh, sort of secure a few things like getting a response as to an official reason why he had been detained. So I didn't agree with the reason, but at least I got a reason, right? So that was something to work with. And then through other um, connections, I found a human rights lawyer who was brave enough to take on a case like this because, um, as you may know, the uh, justice system Mm -hmm. isn't very transparent in China. and It's hard for lawyers to go against the government. The other was Amnesty International was contacted, as were a few other human rights groups, and so they had campaigns that helped as well. And so it was really, um, you know, the embassy, the foreign media, Amnesty International, and then um, just...
0: Uh, support and stuff from some of my
1: other friends. Um,
0: so how but, important, how important yeah. was it to be how how important was it to be vocal to use your voice here, especially well, you know in China, which could be difficult. Yeah. But I mean you know sometimes the, the the squeaky wheel, right? You know.
1: Well, if if I had been Chinese, that would have not maybe been in favor because I probably would have been locked away along yeah. with my husband, as in the case of Lu Xiaobo and his wife. You can look on the internet about what happened there, um, and so it was Iwayway who said to me, "You need to, you need to start now, and you need to work hard, and you need to be vocal." And at first, I was also thinking, "I need to be quiet, and sort of it'll kind of he'll he'll get out somehow." But it was really people who had a bit of experience who said, "No, you need to do the opposite." And so then we wa- ra- waged. Campaigns of like, um, you know, letter writing campaigns, yeah. pushing the government, and also um, I also wrote letters to the Chinese authorities inside China, and just try to uh, sort of come at uh, the government from different angles. And so it wasn't a good idea to be quiet because then if it gets out of the news, then yeah, it, it, it'll it'll just go away. Like the it's hard to get back in. Yeah, yeah. So so it so it, it was almost. At the top of the so, news.
0: Keep it- so it was almost a year before he um, he was a year in jail, and then they just let him out. What happened? Well,
1: uh, it was a Sunday morning, and I was going to um, uh, go and uh, visit a friend, and I got this phone call on a phone number that I didn't I did, I didn't recognize on my cell phone, and it turned out to be my husband. And I'm like, what? Like, what are you doing? And then he said meet me at the roundabout in this small town that was about 150 kilometers, about an hour and a half drive north of Beijing. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then the phone went dead. And then a couple hours later, he called me again to confirm that I could meet him. And so I thought, you know, it's a bit of a risk. It's kind of weird, but I'll go anyways. And so I drove the hour and a half north of the city to this roundabout, which the city was so small, it only had one roundabout. And so I stood there, like, with my daughter, kind of thinking, I'm so exposed. And a big, you know, black sob car pulled up with tinted windows and out got um, some secret police officers with bulletproof vests. And they asked me who I was, and I told them. And then out popped my husband, and he was wearing a three-piece suit. He looked like he had just gotten out of a like uh, a business meeting, which was their purpose. And uh, we were kind of reconnected after a year. It was very, very bizarre. So so what
0: was it like when he came home?
1: Um, well, we had lots of um, discussions about what happened to him inside and then also what I was doing and how I had been working yeah. at getting him out. And then just... Um, you know, getting him back into eating well, exercising, um, making sure that he, you know, we went and saw the doctor for him because he had been beaten and hadn't um, had treatment from when they injured him. So we yeah. made sure that he was uh, looked after, but there was some sort of lifelong damage after that, actually. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. So, Karen, what, what would you, you know, as, as you're as you're watching the families of the two Michaels, they're starting to speak up. I know that they've done some media interviews recently as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what 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 advice would you have for them?
1: So, the advice um, is to, you know, maybe it's better late than never, but start being very vocal like let's let's hear about it from your side let's hear what you're doing um it sounds like they've been trying to you know behind the scenes do a lot of sort of negotiation and things like that but let's bring it to the front let's see if um there's you know a way that the kudo government can work with the families i i kind of understand both sides but i think at this case because the Two Michaels are most likely, very most likely innocent. There's no reason for them to really be there. Um, And if we do need to, I I don't agree for a prisoner swap at all, but there has to be some accountability on the part of China at some point. I don't know what that's going to look like. And also for them to keep the story up and in the news. Like, you know, it sort of falls off for a couple months and then it comes back up. We can't keep like that. We need to have... Also, Trudeau speaking with stronger words. That I'm just disappointed. That's not going to work. So, um, well, I was
0: going, I was going to ask you about that because that he, he used that language earlier this week. Today he spoke again about it and and seemed much you know stronger on that front. Was yeah. using stronger language, which uh, was really good to hear. Yeah. Um, and and I get that it's a fine balancing act when you're dealing with China. But boy, oh boy, I I, I mean you know disappointed. I mean you, you need to be. <laughs> ticked right off you need to be angry you need to be you know put your foot down right
1: yeah and so um i I, it's it's a very very sort of unique like i thought my situation was unique being an expat married to a chinese in a situation but we didn't have that third part which is the Meng wenzhou with the huawei situation and so it's very difficult but i think um another sort of weak point Um, I mean, I think they've kind of fixed it, but when they didn't have the ambassador in the embassy for quite a a long time, China's a very hierarchical culture. And so for them to not see their equivalent sort of hierarchy person there at all, then it, it just put Canada in a weak spot, and we've been weak ever since. So, you know, we need to have... Strong language like we've seen very recently. And I think what happened is Trudeau is now reacting to what's come across from the family, especially the mm-hmm. wife of um, Michael Kovrig. She's, yeah. she's the one really um, directing that. But um, and And, you know, maybe he needs to meet with them, meet with the family, find out what they want. At the end of the day, it's the health and mental health, physical, everything of those two Michaels and if they're in there for no reason then it's a waste it's a it, it's a it's it's a waste i'm quite worried about their mental states and their their health it Without sounds like they're not getting um, adequate treatment which is not what the chinese authorities are saying they're saying that they are being looked after but it well. doesn't sound like they are actually so
0: I would yeah. I would suggest Karen that you have a uh, pretty good insight into what uh, happens or you certainly your your ex-husband um, you know by sharing uh, the story uh, you, yeah. you you have a better idea than most of of what uh, the treatment could be like in the in the jails that the two Michaels are, are in Karen Patterson joining this afternoon her book is called taking on China how I freed my husband from a Chinese jail it is out now Karen I want to thank you for joining us and sharing thank your me. story this afternoon thank you so much okay. Okay,
1: thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank Uh you.